Welcome into another Invest Well show. We got a hot. That's right, H O T, Randy. That's not you when you look in the mirror. <laughs> not but, at all. Uh, no, 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 no. Say what? Maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. But a hot topic today that you know people are talking about all over the country, all over the world, really. And the question is, what should we do with this, and how does this affect the economy, and will this matter be the next catalyst for the next great recession, if you will? There's a lot of thought that way as well and the concern and what this looks like. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about the whole idea of college loans and free college for all. This is a big topic, Randy. It's something that is being discussed. Bernie Sanders is obviously taking a big position on this. We should have free for all. And I know your college was free when you went to school. Ah, no, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, it wasn't. It was bought and paid for, my friend, and paid off. So there you go. But Bernie Sanders has been out there saying that we got to get rid of all this student debt. And he is true. He is right that there's a lot of people carrying a lot of debt that is getting in the way of them proceeding in life and succeeding in life. Well, I'll tell you what's happened in my personal opinion initially. And by the way, this is a little bit of a little bit of a different show, but we wanted to kind of cover this, even though it's a slight political content, because this is absolutely important when it comes to our investments and how it affects markets and things as time moves along in the future. By the way, a little shout out. We always got to give here a little side note. Thank you to Wall Companies, which are some other companies actually that we're and I, I am a part of different hats there, but Wall Wealth Management, Wall Private Wealth. Wall Lehman, all companies designed to help families protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth. So you want questions, you have thoughts, specifically your financial situation, dive deeper. How can you maximize that story? Go to leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com, and you can learn more there and reach out to us as well. But, you know, one of the things, here's a statistic, and this is this is entering. Now, this is a couple years ago. This is 2014, so this is actually five years old, but I want to I want to share this with you. In fact, you know, let's 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 move to a newer statistic here as we're looking at this so we know. You know, the reality of it is student loan debt statistics. Now, this is 2019. Student loan debt shows that there's about 1.5 trillion in in student loans right now. This is a big big problem when you take a look at that across the country and how that affects the details. You know, the details are uh, total US borrows with student loan debt is about 44.7 million borrowers, right? The loan delinquency or default rate is 11.4%. So out of 100% of the people getting loans for student debt, which is oftentimes covered either by students at some point or their parents, a little over 10% of them are uh, defaulting after 90 uh, 90 plus days, right? Mm -hmm. 90 plus day defaults. And uh, there's 101 billion that are in default right now. Wow. Direct loan and forbearance is about 111 billion or 2.6 million borrowers. And you know, you have to you have to say you look at this and we can kind of you one side of the aisle is trying to blame uh, the kids or whatever. And obviously Bernie Sanders is talking about uh, just recently talked about in in the Washington Post and some other things that he wants to cancel the entire 1.6 trillion roughly of U- US student loan debt. He wants to cancel it all. Well, that you can't just cancel something that's going to be paid for by somewhere. So let's talk about this, Randy, because I think this is really important when we look at the effect of this on the investments and in, in the future, quite honestly, of our economy. Because this isn't something where we just say, hey, there's $1.6 trillion today. This is something where this debt, this number grows because there's interest 
mm-hmm. on this each and every year. Well, I'm looking at, you know, you and I talk about the whole idea of planning your investments, planning for retirement, and that sooner or later, Michael, some people are going to be coming in your door and they're going to be 60, 65 years old planning for retirement and they're going to have student loan debt. Because yeah. I'm looking at this number, you, you talk about a bunch of numbers. 15 years ago, Americans 50 and older had $47 billion worth of student loan debt. Today, that number is $290 billion. Wow. Okay? So that means this is going along with us through life. These are 30 of these. They're like mortgages. They're yeah. 30, 40 years that people are going to be paying on these things. So getting out from underneath this is certainly something everybody wants to do. But the way that Bernie Sanders wants to do it, he wants to put a tax yeah. on stock and bond trading yeah, on right. Wall Street. Yep. That's how he wants to help pay for this. Yeah. And when you, he's going to see, he's going to blame this. We'll make the fat cats on Wall Street. They'll pay for this. Yeah. Well, who's the fat cats on Wall Street, Michael? Let's define that. Yeah, well, first off, the fat cats on Wall Street aren't the fat cats that everybody thinks they are. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's the whole, you know, everybody says, oh, trickle down. That's not real, whatever. It is real. Right. If you're if you're in a situation where Joe, you know, the, a couple of years ago, we could Joe the plumber. Remember that? And yeah. they talked yeah. about that. Well, Joe, the plumber or, you know, anyone else that has an IRA, a 401k uh, or anything from that perspective. Right. You're in a situation where you're putting money into a 401k each and every year. You're going to be effective. You're in a situation where you got a big portfolio and you're 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 having trades being made. You're going to be effective. This isn't just the elite. Right. This isn't something where there's no commentary at this stage in the game that's basically saying they're going to go in and say if somebody's got five million dollars or ten million dollars or more, those are the only folks that are going to be affected by trades being made. Hasn't been said. I remember back in the 90s, back in the early 90s, there was a a special uh, thing that was connected with IRAs where they put an excise tax on IRAs, an additional 15 percent of taxation on IRAs that they deemed to be in the wealthy side of life. And you know, that number at that time, Randy, was IRAs that exceeded a value or were above a value of $150,000. That's what the government considered to be wealthy. Insane. Now think about that. Now that's back in the early 90s, but still, it's not that long ago. $150,000 back then wasn't a lot of money. Sure isn't a lot of money today. So when it comes to that, that's the big problem. The the, the actual people that are going to carry the burden are those that are the actual workers and people out there in the country today. And that's a problem. You know, one of the things that that I think we've gone amiss, if you will, for students is it's not necessarily the student's fault. They have been, you know, bombarded by parents and other media and commentary, colleges in particular, which are a great money-making machine, by the way, that's gotten out of control, okay, saying, oh, you got to go to school, you got to go to college, 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 you got to go to, I'm like, time out. You don't have to go to college. In fact, most entrepreneurs that own a business, in fact, over over 85% of entrepreneurs in the country that own a company do not have a college degree. Interesting. Think about that. So the mass amount of people that actually own businesses do not have a degree. So the question is, to those people look at degrees as being absolutely valuable when they're hiring somebody? I can tell you with my companies, I don't look at that as the first thing that I'm looking at. I look at somebody that I want to be coachable, trainable, teachable, ethics and morals are in line, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A degree really means nothing to me. In fact, there was an article when it comes to Inc. Magazine, and they, they there was an article wrote a little while back talking about 
uh, college degrees in the real world. And the reality of it is they're saying, now this is them, not me, but they're saying your degree is worthless. Here's what they're saying. Uh, point one, a degree guarantees nothing. Point number two, experience matters. Point number three, you can't teach passion. Point number four, prove your worth, the investment. And point number five, go above and beyond. In other words, there's a lot of students that have been brainwashed, not their fault, but they've been brainwashed by the system, basically saying, listen, if you get a degree, you're going to be in a place where you're going to be able to get a job and do your thing, et cetera. Instead of saying, let's think creatively, let's think outside the box, and let's say, just because you have a piece of paper doesn't mean you deserve a job at a particular company. You know, what every, are you going to do to add value to that company to learn and grow and be a contributor instead of just a receiver? Now, the problem is, is we got all of this debt. And the reason we have all this debt is we have all these colleges. I remember, you know, I grew up in uh, close to uh, Penn State. Okay. Mm -hmm. Big, old school, uh, great football program, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And a great college in general. But, you know, here's an institution that's receiving, that was receiving at some times in the past, over $500 million a year from uh, monies from governmental organizations. And yet their tuition was still crazy high. Mm -hmm. And what are they doing? They're building, they're building, they're building more buildings, they're building this. They, gotta, they have an insatiable desire and, and, and really need to offer more degrees and this and that and this and that to, to build the funnel, to pay for the stuff that they're building. Instead of saying, wait a minute, time out, let's step back. What is the answer here? So unfortunately, this, the students are kind of caught in a quagmire that we have to think about fixing. And in my opinion, it's, it can't be the solution should not be let's have college free for all because that sends the wrong message to uh, the student. Right. The message to the student is, hey, we'll pay for all these things. You go through all this stuff and you'll come out. And unfortunately, what happens is, is a lot of businesses when they hire these students and it's not the student's fault, but they're in a situation where they have to kind of start to train the student on what the, how the business does things the way they do them so they can be productive. So, you know, they could take somebody that's 18, 19, 20 that wants to work hard, that doesn't have a college degree, and they can go in and do an internship or they can do a, a shadowing of, of the business and be in a place where they can learn what's needed, ne needed and necessary to learn and actually become way more productive because they're not having to unlearn some of the things that they learned in college by a bunch of professors who oftentimes don't have any real world experience. You know, everything it's a big is, problem. Everything you say is true, Michael, and I, I completely agree with that. I feel for the students that have come out of this system yeah. and they've been sold. It's right. been a, a college degree has been, in many cases, oversold. Mm -hmm. But to, to say that we're going to pay off this debt, we're going to forgive your debt and somebody else is going to pay for it, I think yeah. A, sends a bad message. Yeah, that, I do too. That you can get into debt and somebody else is going to bail you out of it. Yeah. The other thing is by having it paid for by... People who are doing trades on Wall Street, it could set back the economy. It could put a regular investor saying, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going yeah. to set it and forget it. I'm going to have this set in my portfolio because I don't want to pay that tax. Right. And that's not a good answer either for somebody yeah. who's in retirement. There's a lot of downside to this. Well, there is a lot of downside. And obviously, you know, if that would ever if that would ever happen, uh, there'd be a tax on investments in general. You know, obviously the the idea would be first understanding how is that tax occurring? Is it every time a trade is made? Is it, you know, a particular percentage on a portfolio at the end of each year? 
you know, if it is on how trades are made, which is what is, you know, kind of it sounds like being originally mm-hmm. proposed by Bernie, if that occurs, and a lot of people might say, well, you know, these, these people, they have all this money and they're investing whatever they can pay for. It. What's, what's a couple cents on a dollar? What's a couple dollars on the, uh, you know, whatever? Well, the reality of it is, is it does affect the compounds. And in fact, if you think a lot of these custodians, as an example, like Schwab and TD Ameritrade and, and Fidelity and, you know, et cetera, they're in a place where they would absolutely be infa- affected because they make their money on people making trades. Mm-hmm. That's one way they make their money. Another way they make their money is if you know certain mutual funds and other funds that actually are on their platform, sometimes they'll keep basis points, 20, 10, 20, 30, 40 basis points of that fund in order for that fund to be able to be on, you know, if there's ABC mutual fund that wants to be on, let's say Charles Schwab's platform. So that way people, the investors can buy it. Charles Schwab might keep 10, 20, 30 basis points of that fund's cost. Mm -hmm. And you might say, well, what's 20, 30, 40 basis points? Well, quick little side note, you know, 100 basis points is 1%, right? So 30 basis points would be 30, three tenths of 1% essentially. So it's absolutely would affect those custodians because they're going to make less money as people trade and things, which is going to be a ripple down to a variety of other things. I think it's something where we have to think through. There's got to be some level of accountability for the colleges. You know, I think the colleges are in a situation where they can basically say, hey, listen, come on in. We'll give you a degree. Uh, Maybe you'll get a job. Maybe you won't get a job. The debt isn't on us anyways. We're getting money, a lot of colleges from governmental organizations, and we're charging ridiculous tuitions, right? And there's no accountability for the college. They make their money and they go along the way. I think the better approach isn't necessarily talking about just relieving all this college debt. I think it's like, hey, listen, if you're going to if you're going to be a college and you're going to offer degrees, you're going to be held accountable for these students. And if they don't have the access to get a job that's in certain parameters within, let's say, two years of being graduated, then you have to assume a percentage of that debt and you have to forgive a certain percentage of the debt. You know, because these colleges are getting monies in multiple factors. One is students paying for their degrees. Others is governmental fundings. Not all colleges get that, but some do. And then another way is these alumni. You know, a lot of these colleges have a massive alumni list, and they have hundreds of millions to some billions of dollars actually in a, a coffer from alumni. So they have all of this wealth that, quite honestly, if actually institutions tapped into, came together and tapped into some of that alumni money, they in, them, in and of themselves could forgive a lot of the debt for these students as well. So I don't know the answer is necessarily, Randy, just saying we're going to pay off the debt and the government's going to do it or we're going to figure I don't think that's the government's job per se. I think it's the job to think a little bit more creatively and say, okay, this is a problem, but we want to make sure that we're creating a culture of younger people that aren't in a situation where they're saying, you know, I can't remember who said it before. Maybe you can help me with this. But the idea of it's not what your country owes to you, but it's what you owe to your country. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. And that's something that we got to be thinking about in relation to how we're training our kids. Why is that important when we talk about investing in markets and things like that in general as well? Well, if we're raising a generation of children and kids and young adults that feel like they can just go get stuff for free, they're not going to be incentivized to think outside the box and be creative, which is absolutely going to be a downdraft or a negative on our overall economy which is going to be a struggle, and that's going to struggle market for markets. That's going to be a struggle for new incentive and creative ideas and companies that want to be there. I mean, that's one of the reasons Elon Musk wants to go private. He wants to leave the stock market. He wants to take his company private. 
from public to private. And the reason is, is because obviously if a stock is on the exchange, one of the main focuses is making sure that you have some level of profit quarterly, right? And from that perspective, it causes you to be less focused on the, the shareholders and more focused on just doing what you need to do. Whereas if you're private, you can say, no, we, we're not going to do that right now. Or we're not going to do it because we don't have to care about these types of things. We can really care about the company long term. So I think this is a big, big problem. And I don't know that there's a simple solution, but I do know that using stocks, trades as a way, Randy, to pay for this this problem is is not I don't I don't agree at all with that sentiment. Yeah, just know that uh, if they try to spin this as we're going to make Wall Street pay for this, remember yeah. those of you who have any kind of a retirement account, you're on Wall Street, and yeah. if you have a financial advisor, you're on Wall Street. Just know that before you throw your hat in that particular ring of let's give everybody free college. Well, these little excise taxes, you know, the Obamacare, Obamacare tax a couple years ago, which is the additional 3.8% on certain income earners, which is only like over 110 or 15,000. I can't remember the exact number per year. So it's not big, big dollars, but it's, it's, it's added on. And those, you know, you might, well, it's just 3.8%. What well, adds up? And it's a big deal. And it affects your numbers long term, and and so will this. And you watch, and we'll continue to watch this out there and talk about it as as time moves along. If this becomes something that gets momentum, and obviously the students are all for it because they want stuff for free, right? But and it's not that the students are bad people. It's just they've been in an environment where they have been told or you know said over the years, "Hey, this is we'll take care of this. Hey, we'll take it." And that's that for me. A little side note: as a parent out there, if you're raising children. You know, I'm not promising college to my kids for free. I, I'm certainly not because I want them to be thinking that, hey, you know what? I got to take care of this. And that was one of the things that my father did with me, which I applaud him for it. I didn't like it at the time for sure. But he said, hey, Mike, you want to go to school? Fine. I'll give you 2000 a year. The rest is on you. Well, I had to figure it out. Consequently, I didn't graduate from college. And, you know, now we have four companies and we're doing a variety of different things. We helping families with wealth. We've been in business for 19 years. We have clients in 10 states. I mean, we're doing a lot of different things, motivationally and all kind of different things. But I've had to figure it out. And I had to start with that. And I know not everybody's in that same school of thought. But, boy, the sooner we can get our younger people to the mindset that they have to figure things out for themselves, what will happen is, is they'll become more creative. They'll think outside the box. And they'll actually think for ways to create and add value because they know, you know, the old saying, if it's to be, it's up to me. Instead of saying, well, I'm going to go through a system and the system is going to provide for me. First off, that brings a lot of anxiety. It brings a lot of uncertainty because you're in a place where you're always depending on someone else for your success instead of taking the reins and doing it on your own. Very, very, very different. So we got to be watching this, Randy. That's why I wanted to talk about this today on the show. And for you, as you're listening to this out there, man, weigh in on the conversation. Be be proactive. Be talking to your kids and your your kids' friends and other people any way that you can get involved. Because if this is something that is a, is connected with investments and markets in general, I absolutely do believe you're going to see this is going to affect markets to the negative, which is ultimately going to affect everyone that's invested in some way, shape, or form to markets and stock markets as a whole. So big, big deal. Randy, any, any additional thoughts you want to add before we close down the show? Nope. That's all I got for today. Just keep it a lot and keep an eye on that headline and just make sure that you know that that might be coming out of your pocket and not those big fat cats on Wall Street. That's exactly right. So again, if you, if you enjoyed the show, take a moment and just quick email, share this 
uh, with someone or text us, hey, check this out, good show, great thoughts. And uh, we'd love your ratings on wherever you listen to the show. Five-star rating and comments about the show, what you've learned, what you enjoy. If you want to hear something on the show that uh, you haven't heard yet or you have some uh, questions about a particular investments or anything in general that you want to hear us talk about, send an email. Go to info, I-N-F-O, that's I-N-F-O at leanonthewall.com, L-E-A-N-O-N-T-H-E-W-A-L-L, info at leanonthewall.com, and just shoot that email. Hey, I'd like to hear you know Michael and Randy talk about X, Y, Z, whatever that is, and we'll be sure to discuss it. But until next time, as always, the goal of the show is to help you live on purpose so you can live with purpose and have a financial future that is successful while you're adding value to those along the way. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to you next show. By contacting us, we'll review aspects of your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of Wall Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Wall is licensed in your state, please call 888-511-9255. Wall Wealth Management LLC is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael Wall NPN Insurance License Number 7330010.